It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm, here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. And it looked like that as the game went on, you just got more and more comfortable out there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm kind of used to the NBA game now. Uh, I've gotten comfortable just being around it and the experience and the feeling, the atmosphere, and everything that Oracle brings. It's amazing. And uh, just to be a part of this team, to share this experience with these guys, uh, I have to be prepared for every every moment that I get. So as a rookie, I'm just excited to be here and be in a park. You're Locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. I am Daniel, your host, and so happy to bring you your team every day. That audio is from Warriors rookie Patrick McCaw talking with Tim Roy on the Warriors postgame show. And I, I wanted to include it just because I thought it was an interesting kind of window into the way that McCaw is approaching the season. And in a, a, a truly unusual game, I thought that McCaw was one of the larger stories. The Warriors won 136-100 in Game 2 when the Spurs played without Kawhi. Warriors were absolutely dominant throughout. And to talk about the substance of this and what we can take away from it is Adam Wardson of the Fast Break blog. Conversation runs about 15 minutes. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I framed my piece for The Athletic in terms of a phrase that I think we're both pretty familiar with, which is probative value and the idea of kind of really what you can take away from a blowout like this. And I have a couple of ideas, but was there anything in particular that you found significant that actually matters moving forward? I think the Warriors were asking themselves that same question after the game as they were trying to talk about it and figure out what to emphasize. How much can you really put on this, given how depleted the Spurs roster currently is without Leonard, without Parker, really their offenses and shambles? What Curry and some of the other Warriors settled on is that the first quarter defense is really what matters in this game, if anything does. The Warriors set as an objective to come out aggressively, to really try to knock the Spurs back on their heels, to seize control of the game from the start, and they accomplished that decisively. So if you're going to look at anything as being significant in this game, I think that's what I would point to. Yeah, I think that's certainly fair. And I think the other part of it that I started thinking about more, not necessarily in terms of this series, but just in terms of the big picture, is that what I saw from Patrick McCaw in this game, and his final box score stats were influenced a lot by being productive in the fourth quarter, and that's garbage time. You know, I mean, you could argue that a lot more of the game was garbage time than just the fourth quarter, but we'll leave that we'll leave that aside for right now. If the Warriors want to maintain this idea, and I'm not saying they should, of playing Curry and Durant a lot together, 
and then likely pulling Thompson out of those lineups. McCaw in this game looked to me like the type of player you would want in between the two of them because he's low usage in terms of, you know, just not taking a ton of shots. He knows his place, but that he can do good things with the ball in his hands when necessary. And he worked hard defensively. And I thought both of those things were important in this game. And maybe it's not this season, maybe it's next season, but I just found it interesting. I think it is important. And the confidence that he's going to build from a game like this uh, it is probably meaningful going forward. But when he started out this game, he was hesitant on a couple possessions. Curry and some of the other Warriors really went over and talked to him and told him to be more aggressive, told him to sort of step up into the moment. And he did exactly that when he got the ball. If he was open, he shot it. If he had a defender coming towards him, he drove it. If he didn't have a good opportunity, he passed it. He, he made a lot of plays out there. Uh, it was really a, a poised performance for a rookie making effectively his playoff debut in meaningful minutes. Uh, and then the defensive end, like you said, he was just really active. He's creating things. He, he's a pest out there. So if you're looking for someone who the Warriors can count on to be a two-way player, to have some offense, but to also fit into their ball movement, uh, sort of collaborative system, he really seems to fit the bill. So these minutes developing him, growing him into a player that can contribute may pay dividends later in this playoffs, but they're definitely going to pay dividends next season. To have it out there, his final line was 18 points, six of eight shooting, three of four from three, also five assists, which was surprising and three steals, two turnovers. I just thought it was a good game top to bottom from him. And I like that he responded well to being hesitant early. You know, like obviously you'd rather have him be, you know, fill in that role from the bounce. But this is different also than kind of replacing Kevin Durant at moments like he did in the in the Blazers series when Durant went out with his with his calf issue. This is a little bit different. And also it was interesting that Coach Brown said after the game that the impetus for that switch was actually Steve Kerr. Yeah, it was Kerr's suggestion pre-game that those Iguodala minutes could be used on McCaw. Kerr was always an advocate for McCaw during the season. He always tried to get him minutes to work him into the rotation. The the two things that I think could be a little surprising about McCaw, but that his teammates have talked about and that we saw tonight, uh, the first is his athleticism. He's so slight that you can sometimes sleep on the idea that he is an incredibly explosive athlete. When he turns the corner, when he elevates, he really has some pop to his legs. And we saw that at times tonight, particularly against the Spurs team that may not have an, a lot left in their legs and looked a little sluggish. Uh, second, his teammates say that he's a guy who does have a lot of confidence, a lot of faith in his game. So I think a lot of what we're seeing right now is just kind of him looking for permission to be himself and to step up into that moment and really play. When he's given that permission by his teammates, by his coaches, he's ready. It's not like he's afraid of the moment. He just needs to be told, go out there and get at it. And that's what we saw tonight with a really well-rounded performance. I thought he gave an interesting answer in the, he did a radio, he did a radio spot right after the game, which I heard. And he talked about how he, he shot a, a, a three off the dribble in that fourth quarter. And he basically, it said, they were like, hey, that's something new that you're doing. He's like, well, yeah, I like to work on my game when given that opportunity. That's not something you usually hear from an, a rookie in their early 20s, even <laughs> if it is in garbage time to see, oh, yeah, I'm deliberately working on my game during NBA minutes. And it's it's great to hear. I mean, you, I'd love to hear that statement from a young player on any team in the league. Yeah, ma- make no mistake. McCaw is not 
thinking that he's at the fringes of the NBA here. He knows he's on the best team in the NBA and he's trying to play meaningful minutes on that team. Uh, he's confident. I think he has the right work ethic, the right attitude. He's going to be a great contributor for this team in the years to come. Another takeaway that I thought was was notable in its own way was Stephen Curry. He only played in the first three quarters, had 29 points, and maybe the most important part of his stat line was 7 of 7 from the free throw line because he is getting more willing to do the foul drawing, which is irritating as a watcher, but effective as a player. You know, we've seen basically all the MVP candidates this year get better at it. It's doubly effective because, one, it obviously gets more points for Curry, but two, it really punishes defenders for being physical with him. It creates a disincentive if your primary defender on Curry is out there drawing a lot of fouls from playing with the same physicality. So I think Curry's going to see uh, a lot of benefit to the ability to draw that contact, not just in more trips to the line, but in opening up more space for him to do damage. We may have even seen some of that tonight where Curry got free a lot. He got loose a lot. And there were times out there where it looked like he was just dribbling around traffic cones. There wasn't really a lot of opposition from the Spurs defense. We talked a little bit about the Spurs offense before, but one, there are a couple of crazy stats from this game. One was, or from the series so far, one was from Anthony Slater, that the Spurs have turned the ball over 38 times in these two games with 61 points off those off those turnovers. But then another crazy one from this game alone was the Spurs were one of 10 at the rim with Draymond Green contesting the shot. Wow, that, that, that's an incredible stat from Draymond. I hadn't heard that. Uh, it, it's pretty amazing when you're watching the Spurs go against Draymond, and we saw this in the Utah series. It's like a horror movie. You just scream at these guys. You know, don't do it. They, they keep driving against Draymond, and it's the same result. His timing is so excellent right now. Uh, he's sending guys away left and right. And the turnover point significant, too. There was one point in the first quarter, I believe, when the Spurs had four turnovers and the Warriors had 12 points off those turnovers. They had come down and hit a three off of every single turnover that the Spurs had made at that point in the game which shows you when the Warriors are hitting their shots, when the defense is on, they can gain instant separation. That's a major swing of points on just a few mistakes by the Spurs. I also want to take a brief moment to talk about the idea that Greg Popovich talked about in his postgame about belief. And I did see that a little bit from the Spurs, especially after they had a they had a nice little push early on when you're sitting there going, oh, they're behind by eight. That could be a lot worse than it is, especially considering how much they struggled offensively early in the game. But other than Jonathan Simmons, kind of once it got bad, it never got better. They just look to me like a team without a leader right now. Uh, Patty Mills is playing point guard nominally, uh, but offensively he's not capable of running things the same way that Parker would be uh, or even that Leonard would be. Uh, and Leonard on both ends of the court is clearly the guy they turn to to make big plays, to to really stop runs, to start runs, to be the decision maker and the decisive player. Aldridge has not stepped up into that role. If anything, he's shying away from it. Uh, Popovich called him out directly in postgame statements, calling his play timid. Uh, they really look like a team without a rudder, without really a motor right now to give them purpose and direction. They'll probably get some of that back in game three being on the home court. Uh, if Leonard comes back, he'll obviously be a help in that game. 
but this had to be pretty demoralizing. There was a sense of resignation hanging over everybody but Simmons in this game. I've often phrased this in terms of the idea of creating seams, that San Antonio, as their best players have aged, particularly Tony Parker and Manu, and Parker's obviously out of this series, they just have fewer guys that are able to create the gaps in the defense that the rest of their ball movement can take advantage of. And I think Patty Mills is a great encapsulation of that. Mills is far better at capitalizing on opportunities than creating opportunities. And that's not a surprise. Most NBA players are better at capitalizing. That's just the way this world works. There aren't that many guys that can can bust holes in off and defenses the way that a couple of members of the Warriors and a couple of members of the Spurs can. And that's what the Warriors defense is trying to do. Now, I wouldn't call this a representative test considering the Warriors, if they make it to the next round, and that looks more likely than not right now, are probably going to face Cleveland. Cleveland has a lot of guys that can do that. But it is true that they will need Cleveland will need those guys to create one on one. And that will probably be at moments guys other than Kyrie and LeBron. So maybe we will see some of this in the second round. I mean, the finals and give credit to clay. Uh, I think your description of Patty Mills and, and where he thrives is dead on. And clay uh, has taken away uh, and made extremely difficult his ability to initiate his own offense. And because of the other Spurs players out there, he's just not getting the opportunity to thrive off of uh, those secondary opportunities, the passes, the things created by others. It, it's completely gutted his game. He was one for eight, I think, in game one. He was two for six in game two. It's not really leaving a mark on the game whatsoever. Uh, that's something that needs to change in game three if the Spurs are going to have a chance. Anything else you feel like we need to say as a part of the story of this game? Oh, we should talk about Zaza Pachulia just having a dunk, exclamation point, <laughs> but then but then yeah. getting a heel contusion on said dunk, but it looks like, it looks so the x-ray was clear, looks like the MRI will be on Wednesday morning, so most people will probably hear what happened on that around the, I, I don't know how soon the results will be, but some point on Wednesday. Yeah, the full series, what, he, he botched, two layups and then went in for a dunk the third time and hurt his heel on that. Is that the play that it happened on or was it a later dunk in the game? I believe that was his only dunk, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I didn't see another one. So uh, frustrating. Hopefully he's okay. I think the Warriors are going to be cautious with him. Uh, He's somebody who played well in the second matchup against Cleveland. And I think that they have uh, a clear role for him in that series. So they're going to want him to be at 100%. Uh, The only other thing I'd add is the bench Uh, on the whole for the Warriors played extremely well tonight. Their shooting percentage was off the chart. They were efficient. Uh, They all sort of played their roles. They did the things that they needed to do. Uh, David West uh, was tough out there. He created for others, kept the ball moving. Ian Clark scored, really had a nice all-around aggressive game. Uh, Sean Livingston's confidence is just off the charts right now. His shot's automatic. There's nobody on the Spurs in their kind of reserve rotation who has a prayer guarding him when he pulls up for those shots. Uh, even got some nice minutes, uh, just sort of uh, you know, garbage time, scrapping minutes from guys like McAdoo. Jones got six minutes where he got some run. It was just an all-around 
good performance top to bottom from, from the Warriors roster. It's exactly what you'd want to see after the sluggish start to game one, that they all took to heart the idea that they need to come out with aggressiveness and intensity right from the get-go. And when you consider that a couple of those guys, West and McGee in particular, really struggled in game one, I'm sure that getting something better out there was good for them. And while I I thought McGee in particular wasn't great in this game, especially during the competitive, like in the first quarter, I'm thinking mostly, he was definitely better than game one. Yeah, he he found something that he could build on. And I think that that's a team, getting back to your original point, what's the real value of this game? What can we take from it? The Warriors recognized that Leonard was out and that the Spurs were hurt by that. But they wanted to get their own game in order and start fixing the little things so that when Leonard does come back, they can play at a higher level. I think they accomplished that. I think that they have a lot of positives they can build on going into game three. One other stat just to end it. San Antonio had 22 offensive rebounds. Not that that's a big deal because they shot 37 of 100 from the field. But they had 22 offensive rebounds and 15 second chance points. That's wild. Yeah, it's... It was a strange game all around, but the Warriors wanted to be more aggressive, and I think every stat that you look at is going to show that they accomplished that. Thanks again for taking the time. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. Thanks again to Adam Wardson for taking the time to come on. You can read him at the Fast Break blog, and you can also follow him on Twitter at GSW Fast Break. That's G-S-W-F-A-S-T-B-R-E-A-K. My own work is already available at The Athletic. My game analysis piece is already up as I'm recording this, and every player will be done probably at some point on Wednesday morning. I'm getting a little bit gassed, so I think that'll probably be then. You can look for it on The Athletic's amazing app, and then Nate Duncan and I will talk about this game briefly on Dunked on plenty other stuff, including the NBA Draft Lottery that you can check out there as well, which was some of the big news of the day. Used to be a big deal in Warriors land, but not really anymore, so... That's also a statement of progress, I guess you could say. I will plan on doing a podcast tomorrow, maybe Thursday as well, still working on exactly what I want the substance to be. But because the Warriors played the Spurs on Saturday, I might take one of those two days off just because no, I'm going to have one there and don't need to run really six days in a row, especially considering they don't play again until Saturday. But I'll figure something out. That's that's my job and we'll piece that together. But always excited to get new material out there and to to work through some stuff and I might try to try to go more into some regular season things. I've I've been thinking about that over the last couple of days, but I I'm not sure how ready that will be for prime time now. So, we'll check that out. If you want to support this show, you can leave a rating, leave a review in the podcast player of your choosing. You can also subscribe and download every episode. And for those of you who want a smaller piece of this, I mean, you listen to the whole thing, but if you want to, you can check it out on 60dB. It is a about a five, five, six minute chunk of this podcast and you can listen to it there. It's a cool thing that you can do. Of course, if you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, MBA at gmail.com, at Larue on Twitter. If you take the time to write it, I will take the time to read it. I don't promise I'll respond, but I try. And also, if you want to check out my own work. I also have a piece coming out for Sports Illustrated on the Lakers offseason because they finished second in the lottery, and that's an interesting story. And then also, Nate Duncan and I will do the Twitter NBA show on Wednesday about Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals, Cavs versus Celtics. Game starts at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, so you can check that out there. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, and make it a great day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. 
Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you are looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.